0: My first question for you, in and out or Five Guys? Oh boy, Uh, in and out for sure. I've literally actually never eaten at Five Guys. Wow. So this is easy.
1: That's impressive. How have you avoided that? You're welcome. I just, Just I don't eat a lot of fast food if I'm honest. Um, That's good. But yeah, in and out it's just like, oh yeah, that's
0: where you go. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, uh, I've, I've been telling people this, this is kind of the how Californian are you question. Because yes. it seems like, it's not 100%, but that's mostly how the lines are drawn. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah.
1: Well, my hope is that you only invite back people who like <laughs> in and out
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Welcome
1: to season two of 10 Questions with 10 Pastors, brought to you by Gateway Seminary, with your host, Tyler Sanders. This episode was recorded live at the SBC in Anaheim.
0: This is Ruben Reyes, uh, your pastor of uh, pastor for Multiplication at Solid Rock Church in yeah. Claremont, California. And you also work for the SIN Network mm-hmm. and you oversee care for LA County, Orange County and the Inland Empire, which is like three counties, I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like two counties. Yeah, It's like almost all of Southern California, except for San Diego. Really, yes. it's a lot of people. Yeah. And what do you do? Uh, what, can you tell us a little about your job with uh, Sin Network? Yeah,
1: by all means. So my, my role is basically to plan four quarterly events for our church planters, and then also to plan about a dozen uh, individual events for our church planters, hoping that our church planters form friendships. We, mm-hmm. we want them to have good, healthy relationships in hopes that they'll last, in hopes that they'll really be able to actively plant healthy churches.
0: Yeah. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about how you became a Christian?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so I... Uh, I I think I started uh, to, well so uh, like the question I always struggle with is when was Peter actually a Christian? Oh. Was it when he was called? Was it when he chopped off a fool's ear? Was it when he was called Satan by Jesus? Like when was he actually a Christian? Yeah. I think God was really kind to Peter and just say, "Hey, just come discover me and discover who I am and follow me." Yeah. I, I feel the same way. So, I grew up in Christianity. <laughs> At 16, I remember thinking like, "Oh, I think I'm supposed to become like Jesus." At 18, I fell mm-hmm. in love with pastoral ministry, and honestly, I feel like I'm still discovering. So, I want to say that I I understood what discipleship was at 16, and I understood my role in discipleship at 16, um, and then I, I think I just I understood the need for pastoral ministry at 18, and, uh, and yeah, I've just kind of been hustling it since then. So, yeah, I, right. I think I've just kind of been a disciple of Jesus and. Uh, I probably prayed a prayer quote like thousands of times, I imagine, at all kinds of events. But um, since I was 16, I've actively just been trying mm. to become like Christ. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And what are you reading right now?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so right before my daughter was born, about two and a half, three years ago, uh, I was like hustling books and I was just <laughs> learning all kinds, which was wonderful. But then I read this article by Harvard that said, we're the most overinformed and under-processed generation. I read like maybe two books a year right now, just to be really honest. Uh, the most, the, the latest book I read is a book on Christian doctrine and I had oh. to read it. <laughs> so, and if I'm honest, I would not recommend it to anyone. <laughs> so You probably don't wanna ask me that. I mean, I'm always like, maybe every once in a while I have like an audio, audio yeah, yeah, book yeah. in the background. But if I'm really honest, this season for me is more, Mm. Trying to trying to process what I know, so uh, even yeah, yeah. even trying to finesse what I know, yeah. and uh, for that reason, I'm just not reading a whole lot right now. To yeah. be
0: honest with you, scripture okay. of course that's fine. But, that's a good one. Yeah, the yeah, Bible yeah. is always good to put in the list. Yes, 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 know? yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, normally this is the section we start talking about preaching, but before we get there, because you work with church planners yeah. and you yourself are a church planner, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about Solid Rock Church. Yeah, Can you tell us just the story of it. Sure. Yeah. That's a great question. So, uh, I planted solid rock
1: church eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, we planted in the city of Claremont, California, um, Claremont the the North Claremont by LA, uh, it's a, it's a very left-leaning city. Um, the average person in the city has a, has a master's
0: degree. It's a college
1: town. It's a college town. There's nine colleges and universities there. Um, and, uh, yeah, at 18 I fell in love with Claremont, mm. and at 18 I knew uh, I think I was supposed to plant a church in this city eventually. So
0: those things are connected. You're understanding a pastoral ministry, yeah, in the city, and wow,
1: oh, okay, yeah, very. And mm. I just fell in love with the people. I mean, they're my people. You know, I mean they're they're kind of quirky. They're like I said, they're left leaning. They care about things that not everybody cares about. Mm. Um, but I grew up there, and so I, I just I felt like I knew them, and I, and. And also, there's there's um, there's just not a lot of Christians, and mm-hmm. so I had this burden too to share the gospel with the city, and and my wife did too. We we weren't married at the time, of course, but she had a similar burden, so. Um, three or four weeks before I turned 23, I I planted a local church in a bookstore, uh, which was crazy. And looking back on it, I don't know if I'd do it again, but I (laughs) did it. And it was really, really hard and really, really challenging. In some ways, it was great though, because the only thing I had going for me was Jesus as the senior pastor Hmm. and God's spirit being with us. We didn't have money. We didn't have a building. We... We didn't have any, any roles or we didn't have any, I mean, it was hard. It was really hard, but uh, man, God's spirit was with us. So we planted um, about three years in, I kind of hit a wall. I was doing everything myself. A good friend of mine said, Hey, you need to start developing leaders. If you Mm. don't, you're going to burn out. We spent the next year developing leaders. And for the last four years now, uh, Solid Rock Church has planted two more churches. We have a third on the way. Wow. Uh, even a fourth on the way, hopefully. Um, we, uh, we've started a pastoral residency. hmm baptized over a hundred people, uh, including Claremont College students. Mm. And uh, and actually one of the churches we started meets on Saturday nights at the Claremont Colleges, which oh, you wow. never would've dreamed that would've happened. Yeah, right. I mean, I remember planting and people saying like, nah, don't do that. You don't do that. That's where churches go to die, or there's no way <laughs> they're too liberal. And you could right. never do that. And you know, in some ways they were right. I genuinely couldn't, but I do think that God's spirit did it. And I do think that yeah. our senior pastor did it. And yeah. it's been incredible to watch. Yeah. Coming out of COVID, um, coming out of COVID, we kind of had this season where we thought, okay, what's next? And yeah. we came to the conclusion that what wasn't next was me. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so I just, uh, my wife and I made a commitment to, to, to mm. Pastor Salarat for seven years. And, uh-huh. um, as we kind of rethought about what does the future look like, we just realized no, I don't. We don't. We don't think that's it. And yeah. at least being the the pastor for preaching and vision. And mm. so um, coming out of COVID, we knew it would be another three to five year commitment just to rebuild Solid Rock Church. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we felt like now we're not supposed to do that. So one of our one of our staff members, Hunter Bingham, he actually jumped in and became the new pastor for preaching and vision. Yeah. And I became the pastor for multiplication. Yeah. Uh, just because I love church planting.
0: And and so. It- Tell me about that role now like what are some of your responsibilities in that role
1: yeah i mean so my chief role is to oversee our pastoral residency um we uh we have anywhere from two to five guys in our pastoral residency every year wow Um, the the main hope of that is to develop pastor elders in the local church yeah um a a sort of secondary hope of that is that we can hopefully uh uh, develop church planters out Mm -hmm. of that pastoral residency um, and, and really not everybody that comes out of that identifies as a pastor. Not everybody that comes out of that has a calling to be a local pastor and not everybody that comes out of that has a calling to be a local, uh, church planter. Yeah. But what they do have is a competency around biblical eldership. And we love that. Right. And, uh, honestly, we would, we'd want that for all of our members. Yeah, so of So yeah. that, that's my main role. Apart from that, I also help uh, Solid Rock administratively, and then I also mm-hmm. help Solid Rock basically with leadership development. So yeah. uh, any everything from, hey, I'm a new Christian, all the way down to I'm ready to plant a church. Yeah. That, that's kind of my role
0: within that leadership yeah. view. Well, let me ask you some questions about preaching now. Yeah, sure. So um, when you were preaching kind of week to week, and, and maybe this is even part of how you're helping train future pastors, uh, big picture. How do you approach like a series or themes or whatever like how far out in the future are you looking mm-hmm. what's your approach yeah
1: it was always a year mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm a enneagram eight i'm really planned really organized really detailed um yeah it, it was always planned and it was mostly book by book mm-hmm. and and there was a couple reasons for that it was never it was never though not changeable. So if something came up, we wouldn't have a problem responding to it. Or if even we felt like there were weeks where I would feel like, man, I think God wants me to talk about this. Hmm. I didn't mind saying, man, we're not gonna go through that part of the book. We're just gonna teach on this. Uh, it, it was okay to just uh, do book by book, but be really flexible. There's was also chances and times, though, that, uh, yeah, we'd focus on series, on different studies, um, be, it a, a mm. even, uh, be it a study about sexuality uh, or even be it a study about, at times, like idolatry or, or even sometimes a study about parenting. We didn't mind doing those things at all. Um, but for the most part, we mostly went, I, I grew up in Calvary Chapel. Uh, my, my grandparents yeah. were saved in the Jesus People Movement. My right. parents kind of were in the Jesus be- um I, I grew up just like verse by verse, book by book. That's just kind of what you did. And and I liked it, to be fair. I mean, I like that type of exegetical teaching and I, I really enjoyed it. But that that's kinda of how what our rhythm was. Yeah. Um always trying to shoot for one year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, week to week, what was your process like? Like of actually developing a specific sermon?
1: Sure. I mean, um, yeah, I I I so so the structure of my sermons are I have a thesis. It's kind of like a paper, right? So mm-hmm. so I have a thesis. My thesis has to stand up to the filter of the text, of the context and of the gospel. So mm-hmm. if my thesis doesn't make sense in those three filters, then yeah, I like, I know we need to rework that a little bit. And and the reason is because we we really want people to see Jesus more than anything, right? So my, the end of my teaching, hopefully, is people seeing Jesus. Um, my philosophy of preaching is information, formation, and adoration. So my philosophy of teaching, I really hope, I, I want to give you information. Like we have a text here, yeah, right? We want that. But I want you to be formed by this information too. So yeah. I, I don't I don't really just want you to hear this info and feel like, oh yeah, great, now you have a big head and you can go out in the world. I want you to right. be formed by it. like, hey, what's Jesus saying to me? Yeah. A question we always ask is, what does this mean for disciples and non-disciples? Mm. So what, what's the implication here? Yeah. And, and then I wanted to lead to adoration. So at Solid Rock, all of our worship as music is at the end of our gathering. Hoping that if you after you've heard the gospel, you can respond in singing and, and worship. Right? I've always
0: loved that. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. never
1: do that. It's so rare to uh, see that in churches. But yeah. I, that
0: always has kind of made more sense to me.
1: It, yeah. Well, I mean, here we are heralding the gospel. It's like, great, you can respond with half of a song yeah. and then go. Yeah. And could you leave quickly because our other service yeah, has to right. come in? So uh, I, I just that doesn't really work for me. I'm like, no, I want to sit here for a minute and try to yeah. I want to be formed and I want to respond to what I'm hearing. Yeah. So so because of that, my the structure of my teaching at the end is always, okay, hey, now uh, how, how can I call you back to worship? Like maybe this week was hard for you. Maybe this Thursday was difficult. How do I call you back though to a life of worship and remind you of your identity? We would say all the time that Christians' first primary identity should be as a local disciple missionary. Hmm. And that's all hyphenated for us is one word for <laughs> us. It's like, that is your role. You yeah. should be a local disciple missionary. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think my teaching kind of it's 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 to hopefully gird that that view that we have of discipleship and of yeah. and of a philosophy of teaching.
0: Yeah. What is the most difficult passage or topic you've preached on?
1: Yeah, for sure, sexuality. <laughs> um, I mean, we've got a lot of college students in our church, yeah. and um, yeah, we've always had a lot of college students in our church. It's just something we have to talk about. Yeah. Um, I've I've taught through. Uh, Right before COVID hit, I I wrote an eight-part study on, uh, we called it God and Sex, on sexuality, sexual ethics, sexual preference, everything in between. And um, it got cut short because of COVID, which I was really sad Mm -hmm. about. Uh, But we've taught on that, we've taught that study twice now. And um, I, I think for us, it's that, those topics are more often than not what people want to talk about. And um, I think sometimes we, we keep giving people the foot, like, hey, go live on mission, go live on mission, go live on mission. And I, I think that's good to hear me say that. I mean, at the end of our gathering, every gathering we have, we have a benediction where we send you yeah. as a local disciple missionary. So we're for that. But uh, gee, there's also questions that people have and sexuality is a huge one in Claremont. It's a huge one in Los Angeles. It, it's just It's just a part of our... Our our town is remarkably hyper-modern and post-Christian mm. or pre-Christian, whatever you want to say. Mm. Um, but that matters to them. Yeah. And I think a lot of their angst is, why can't we just talk about this? And so we've right. been able to make a lot of really good connections in just yeah. talking about this. And we always try to make ourselves available afterwards. Say, hey, we want to talk to you. We got people who said that was too liberal. We got people who say that was too conservative. We got... We got people who say, you're, you're sex shaming me, or we got, I mean, we mm. always have something, right? Yeah. But, the, but the hope is, hey, we, we're willing to talk about this, and we're, we're at least, you know, most of the people who would give us criticism would say, I'm glad you're talking about it, but, and say, like, huh, okay, well, let's just be happy we're talking about it here, right? Yeah. Um, but, but it is, I mean, it is, it's such a big part of our culture. Yeah. Um, it's really challenging. People always feel ostracized and hurt.
0: Well, it's so deeply entwined in many people's identities now. Yeah. So it's a, it's mm-hmm. a topic that can strike right to the core of a person, Yeah, you know, how they understand themselves. Yeah,
1: absolutely, that's now, well said.
0: What's a, what's a role or responsibility you have in ministry, you think is like a sweet spot, and maybe one that's kind of a growing edge or something you're kind of working on? Okay, yeah,
1: um, I, I, I think, so something that I don't, I only do it with a few people, but it's a it's a gift. I think is uh, candor. Hmm. Um, th- there's a a leadership book that just came out by Paul Tripp, and he actually mentions it in that book, um, which uh, that's a book I read. There, there you go. go. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Let's add that, edit that back in earlier. Right, here. Right, like, <laughs> I do read. Book, I promise. I'm not done. Uh, no. I uh, that that's an interesting one to me because hmm. I don't I don't think we use it enough. I was surprised it was in his book. I've read yeah. little. I've actually never read a book with that that word in there, that information. Yeah. But my ability, I think, to speak real directly to leaders, real directly to some of our pastors, and just be like, hey, I love you, but, yeah. or I love you, and, or I love you, what did you think about this? Or I love you, and why would, what, what are you thinking through? What are you processing? Yeah. Um, that, uh, that, that candor, I think, is really strong. And it's what creates a really healthy environment to say, I don't wanna shame you, I don't wanna push you away, I actually just want to ask you genuinely, what what is this? And yeah, everybody else knows it; they're just ignoring it. But but I'm willing to kind of say it. Yeah, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I uh, was was other the part of that like, what's something maybe you want to grow in yeah. or something that yeah, yeah. that's a little more difficult for yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I am an Enneagram A, and sometimes I just I have to be real careful about how I say things um i have to be right. real careful about right uh, my, my punchiness yeah and that's why i've learned hey my candor is good but only with some people it's kind of the same thing in a way yeah and it,
0: or it's related maybe
1: right yeah it's sort of like the it's sort of like the sushi's knife, right? The, the yeah, sushi yeah. chef's knife, and it's yeah, like, yeah. man, you do this wrong, you could really mess up this <laughs> piece of fish. Yeah. You do this right, though, it's gonna be the best thing yeah. you <laughs> ate tonight. So, <laughs> so, I think, I think that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh man, this is so delicate, and, and yeah. I want to, and I love you, and I don't want you to think I don't love you, but. Yeah. But I also have to say, so it's, uh, it's something that I'm, I'll probably work on for the rest of my life, to be honest, yeah. is to have words that are
0: kind and that sound sweet yeah. and that are
1: um, filled with but grace. But true. Yeah.
0: But true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a swing and a miss you've made in ministry? You're a church oh. planner, so I know there's lots of swings. Sure. Sure. I mean,
1: yeah, we, we've done a lot of things that I thought were good, but didn't our community was like, what was yeah. that? Uh, some things that actually were good. I mean, speaking of the greatest hamburger on planet Earth, like one time we brought In-N-Out to the Claremont Colleges and, and we basically like, hey, we just wanna invite you to to our church yeah. and uh, we're, we're giving away free In-N-Out 500 burgers. I mean, we had we had a line for days and after the event, students came out and we, we asked for people's email address. And students came out. They're like, "How could you ask us for our email address? Like, that's our most prized possession." And <laughs> and and it was it was such a and at once I was like, oh, "Okay, this is a bit much." But then I, my human, I tried to be humble and I tried to be teachable. I was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds hard." And it was just it was such a. Yeah. I thought this was a, this would have worked anywhere else, right? Except for the Claremont College <laughs> Colleges. Like somehow <laughs> we're bad for giving you free burgers. Okay, but that said, uh, we tried to learn from it. We tried to yeah. be real patient and. Yeah. It was a miss, sadly. Yeah. It was, and we never even did anything with those email addresses because we just felt like if we do, we're only going to, yeah, let's pour gas on that You're bad digging, fire. Yeah, the whole, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a miss. Very expensive, hamburger <laughs> ridden miss. <laughs> now, this is my last question for you. If you could go back to, how old were you when you were at the church? Yeah, 20, 20, right? 22, 23, 22, 23. If you could go back today mm-hmm. and tell, 22, 23 year old Ruben, something. But what, what advice would you give him? Yeah. I mean, I,
1: so, so I want to say I'd probably tell Ruben, hey, listen more, hmm. um, listen more, speak less, um, lean into healthier relationships. Um, you know, I, I think part of the reason that I, I do what I do with the Send Network is because. I think a lot of our, our planters are really lonely. Hmm. And I think sometimes they're lonely because it's they almost believe that their role is to have all the answers. And they don't always listen well. Like as church planters, by default, we're just not the best listeners. Huh. We're really good communicators. And if you think about it, we're even trained to talk more than we listen, Yeah, right? Both in secular and in Christian education. That's literally what we're trained yeah. in and through. Um, I, I, I wish I listened more and, and I wish I listened to people that I thought I didn't need to listen to. So the other part of this mm. is like, there's this, there's this weird hierarchy of who I believed I should listen to versus who I wouldn't listen to. And it was oftentimes, it had nothing to do with God's spirit and everything to do with what I thought were qualifications that really didn't mean as much, I think, to God's church. So I, I wish I would have listened more. I wish I would have asked more questions um i, I just I, I don't know people i, I mean yeah I, I feel like rarely does somebody but before death it's not like man i wish i would have talked more yeah yeah i, I wish i would have been more present with my family and listened more yeah yeah, yeah. and um yeah. i feel that I, I want that for my daughter i want that for my my mm-hmm. son um i want that i want that for our leaders in our church uh, some of uh, I, I remember just a, a quick little side story, but I, I remember uh, before I planted the church, the church I came out of, uh, and, and into, uh, we were in a, a gathering, and uh, a guy came out and he gave me a book, and um, we I don't know who this guy was. I, I never got his name and I never saw him again, but he gave me this book. He was a real person, but he gave me this <laughs> book. And in it, he wrote all of the scripture about listening. Oh. And I, I actually, hmm. I never put that together. I, yeah. I kind of read it and I was like, "Oh, that's weird, crazy guy left." Like that—that that was a win. But I kept it. Right. Just recently, as I moved out of my my library office, I went through it and I thought, "Oh wow, I, I completely missed that. Right. I completely missed that. I right. wish I would have listened a bit more."
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was my last question. (laughs) I could ask you more, I'm sure. but Oh, I feel like we could talk all day. I know, yeah. This is great. (laughs) Which we will, just not record it. Yeah, we just won't record it. We will make all the podcast listeners listen in on that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Ruben. I really appreciate you spending time with us today. My joy. Thanks for having me.